0: Welcome to Reinventing Professionals, a podcast hosted by industry analyst Ari Kaplan, which shares ideas, guidance, and perspectives from market leaders shaping the next generation of legal and professional services. This is Ari Kaplan, and I'm speaking today with David Camion, the founder and CEO of Mind Alliance Systems, a provider of MindPeer, a business development and customer intelligence software platform. Hi, David, how are you?
1: Great to be with you, Ari. I'm fine.
0: I'm looking forward to discussing this today. So tell us about your background and the genesis of Mind Alliance.
1: Well, it actually goes back to the 90s. In college, a professor taught me about using the internet as a research tool. And then the World Wide Web came out, and I found myself fascinated by it and decided to go to law school and study law that applied to the internet and telecom. That led to my fascination with research on the web. And subsequently, I worked for a law firm and then joined the partner when he was appointed the antitrust commissioner for the State of Israel, where I lived at the time. And I spent a year at a large law firm after law school, but decided that technology and strategy consulting was more my speed.
0: Does having a legal background and a law degree transform the way you see technology that's used in practice?
1: Yes, absolutely. So, I consulted to law firms. I consulted to legal departments and government ministries that were regulating telecom and internet. And then I consulted to business executives. And those perspectives really are important when you're helping a law firm because ultimately the law firm is helping the clients navigate the business world in a compliant manner. So I find it very useful to be able to shift perspectives and consider all those perspectives when I'm advising clients.
0: Given your team's focus on marketing and business development, how has the increased availability of data affected the way law firm leaders approach these disciplines?
1: People have been talking about the importance of data for a long time, but I would say only in the last couple of years are law firms getting serious about using APIs. And when we saw that coming a couple of years ago, we realized there's a big opportunity to change the way law firms use data to know their clients. Specifically, the historic way that law firms produce competitive intelligence profiles about their clients is is a manual process. A law firm will have lots of subscriptions to data sources, external data sources, and naturally they'll use internal sources as well. But unless they're integrated, it's a very manual process. You've got to access a source, search for the relevant client name, download material or access it on the screen and copy it and paste it into typically a Word document template. And that takes a lot of time. So you see law firm CI teams or research teams producing 10, 15 reports a week. But we realized that if they buy APIs, they could be generating thousands of reports a week with no human in the loop, at least for that first cut, first instant report that every partner, every lawyer should read before they visit a client.
0: Who takes responsibility for this type of client intelligence in a modern law firm?
1: Well, in law firms, it's usually the research services department or research and information services department that has the responsibility for CI, but there are exceptions to that. There are law firms where it's the BD team that has analysts dedicated to that. I would say more on the research side because they traditionally own the relationships with the data providers. So they're the ones skilled at buying the APIs. And negotiating the terms and then using those subscriptions to produce CI profiles of clients.
0: How are law firms practically using data to empower the business development efforts of their professionals?
1: The first generation of that approach was just enriching their CRM. So all the major CRMs can pull data in, like firmographic data in, to enrich a CRM. But I would say the the more cutting edge law firms are now. Realizing that CRMs were not designed to, like from first principles, to be a place where you aggregate data from lots and lots of different sources. But more importantly, even if it can aggregate, they're not set up to provide you with a bespoke view of the client. So when you set up a CRM, you're typically at best creating a different profile on a per practice group basis, although usually it's just sort of one standard set of fields for every client you have. But where we see things going um, is well, different lawyers and different staff roles in a law firm need different views of a client, depending on not only the practice group in the industry, but a lot of other factors.
0: What is the difference between Mindpeer and traditional CRM system?
1: A CRM system was originally designed to be the place where people would enter data about clients and interactions with clients. And obviously we all know that lawyers didn't enter data manually. And the big revolution was scraping data from email systems and other systems. So the, we call it like ambient collection of data was a big step forward. And certainly a lot of data can be aggregated in CRMs. But CRM systems were not architected to advise about next steps, and we're not architected to facilitate effective team collaboration. Our company has a very interesting legacy. We got our start for a decade supporting national security customers. We worked on crisis management planning, we worked on intelligence analysis, and that taught us a lot about what it takes to get a group of people to work in a cohesive manner in the security context to mitigate a threat but in the law firm business development context to seize an opportunity, which of course might be fleeting. So CRM systems are great and we integrate the data from them into our product, Mindpeer. But where Mindpeer is filling a very important gap in the market is building that effective collaboration. And I was at a workshop with a a major law firm this week and BD director said that Even the practice group focused people, the BD people and the marketing people and others who are focused on a single practice group are not really well in sync and aware of what each other are doing or are planning to do. So that's a problem that we like to help law firms tackle.
0: Where's the line between human talent and technological support in legal business development?
1: We're definitely not saying that human analysts don't play a role. The opposite. We want to free up the analyst's time by generating reports automatically, customized reports, and then have human analysts devote their time to anything further that partner or, or, research anal- or a research analyst or a BD manager or anyone else needs to know, particularly the things that cannot be answered by a machine.
0: How do you see the availability of more client data impacting the way business development evolves?
1: So we see law firms needing to use AI to make sense of the data because there'll just be too much of it for a human to process manually. So it'll be a partnership between humans and AI. We think it's important for a law firm to figure out the patterns that lead to opportunity or risk of a client leaving. That's another concern for some law firms, right? Retention. Everyone talks about cross-selling, but pays less attention to signals that a client is less than happy.
0: How is artificial intelligence affecting the future development of tools like this?
1: Artificial intelligence is obviously a hot topic with chat GPT and generative AI powered by large language models. Um, So first I'll address your question, in the context of this the current interest in that right so it's very important to realize the limitations of that form of ai which many people think is not even true ai you know those systems are predicting tokens text that will follow a prompt and the generate in generative ai is exactly that that this is generating text it may not be accurate it can easily hallucinate text however there are ways to leverage large language models that are safe from hallucination, depending on prompts. We actually teach that skill set to research analysts. So AI, in the context of large language models, is going to play a role, particularly in summarization, for example, because people don't have the time to read long-form text anymore. But there are other forms of AI, apart from generative AI and LLM, that are really significant, and they're not getting enough attention. So good old-fashioned AI was based on knowledge representation and reasoning and rules where you would author an ontology or a conceptual model with semantic relationships between things. And then you would use you know the formal relationships expressed in, in a formal way to reason over that. Right? Sometimes these are called expert systems. The point of the expert system could be various use cases, but often it it might have a diagnosis use case, like tell me what we should do. The system asks you some questions and it basically moves you down a decision tree. So there are other applications of that form of AI, but in the context of law firms and business development and marketing, you definitely want to have some logic automation describing not only what you should do as a next step to develop business with a client, but why. And large language models, I can't really do that, or they could make out the, the answer, but it wouldn't be transparent and explainable.
0: This is Ari Kaplan speaking with David Kamian, the founder and CEO of Mind Alliance Systems, a provider of Mindpeer, a business development and customer intelligence software platform. David, thanks so very much.
1: It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Ari.
0: Thank you for listening to the Reinventing Professionals podcast. Visit ReinventingProfessionals.com or com to learn more.